Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy. We're in Romans chapter 8 today, and I'm going to talk about two different subjects on this, but I want to ask you a question first. If you were driving down the street and had a premonition by the next block, you're going to get into an accident, what would you do? You wouldn't wait till you got to an accident to begin to prepare. You prepare now for what you know is coming. Welcome to the plan of God. Most everything God has planned for you was based on his foreknowledge of what was going to happen. We're going to take up two important teachings today, predestination and election. You're going to better understand them by the end of the broadcast. Let's go together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's great to be with you today. We are in a study of Romans chapter 8, and I've been enjoying this. If you haven't, I have. I just preach to myself if I need to. But I love to get into God's Word, and especially verse by verse. So often my broadcasts are one or two on a particular subject, so I teach on that subject. But Romans chapter 8, the entire chapter just goes from theme to theme, from, from different teaching to different teaching, all tying in one thing, and that's the great blessings that God has given to us that He planned before the foundation of the world. Chapters, uh, opening chapters of Romans, especially Ephesians chapter 1, describes all that God did for us before the foundation of the world, before you were ever a thought, before your mom and dad even gave a thought of you before your mom and dad ever existed, before any of us existed. God was here, just the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and planned out the entire plan of redemption, the plan of creation, the culmination of the ages, all this stuff that's in the Bible, God had planned anew before the foundation of the earth. Nothing took God by surprise. That's why the Bible even again has what God has planned for Satan. Why? Because his fall didn't shock God. When, when Lucifer decided to overthrow God, God didn't go, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? No, he knew before the foundation of the world and already had a way of escape. Here's the point. Long before your problems come along, God has already planned the way of escape because he knew your problem was coming. It's his foreknowledge of what's going to happen to you that caused him to make a way of escape. So the way of escape was there before the problem existed. Now, God knew the problem was coming. That's why he knew to plan an answer for you. If you just wait on God, he'll show you his plan. Nothing happens that takes God by surprise. We're taken by surprise, but God is never taken by surprise. Nothing happens to us that God looks at Jesus and, and says, I didn't think this, I didn't know this. Did you see this coming? No, I didn't see this coming. That never happens. God knows, Jesus knows, the Holy Spirit knows, and they have plans for you. And God the Father plans the plan. Jesus Christ came and executed the plan, and the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals that plan to you. That's the ministry of the Godhead. So again, we're about to go into the portion of this. We're gonna to talk today about foreknowledge, predestination, and these types of things that God has for us, as well as election. We'll get into election too. And this is all coming from my book, which actually comes from the book of Romans. I didn't predict all this stuff and actually make up all this stuff. No, God's the one that created it. Wrote it in a book that Paul wrote, and Bob is just here telling you what Paul wrote that the Holy Spirit gave to him that came from God the Father. I'm trying to bring it down into today's language for you to understand it, but really the teaching came from God. So I have a book on the book of Romans. This is the entire book all laid for you out for you, like I'm doing here on the broadcast with chapter eight. This will become an important book for you. If you don't have this, 
please get it. You might have some other good books on Romans, but I think mine is right up there with them. So go ahead and get yourself a copy. And at halftime, the announcer will come on and tell you how you can have a copy for yourself. While you're finding Romans 8.29, I want to read to you a praise report. This came from Eileen. And she says, thank you so much for taking your ministry online. We had seen you uh, teach a few times at different ministers' conferences. Now we're able to learn from you through your YouTube channel. This is a great blessing to us that your ministry is now online and you are raising up a new generation of ministers. So again, thank you, Eileen, for writing that. Again, what a great blessing, and I'm glad that you've been blessed by it, as many have been blessed by it. So again, thank you so much. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, and you should have found it by now. Eileen also, again, is, is a supporter of the ministry, and I'd like for you to think about that. Would you think about that? Uh, because if this is a blessing like it was to her, I don't want you just to give out of just, you know, I'll pick Bob. I mean, I'll take the money, but, you know, but just to pick me out of the air and say, well, I think I'll give to him. No, I like it when it resonates in your heart. You hear me teach and you go, I think the same way. I like the way he puts it. And you get behind a ministry that you appreciate, that you like and says it your way. And so this is what, again, I would like for you to consider becoming a partner with me. And if you'd like to become a partner with me on my website, bobyandian.com, you'll find a place there where you can become a partner with this ministry. And if you're not, well, please do so. If you're already giving, thank you. And for those of you about to give, thank you also for being sensitive to the voice of God, or you just purposed in your own heart to be a giver. Verse 29 of Romans chapter eight says this, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I want to break this down for you. First of all, whom he did foreknow. The Greek word is prognosko. It means to know ahead of time. And God knows everything ahead of time. And he knows every person. Notice we're not talking about things here. For whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate. And the Greek word for predestinate is proorizo. It means to design a plan ahead of time. So not only did he know ahead of time, he planned ahead of time and made a plan for you and pre-designed it so that you can be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Listen, this word predestination has gone so far today. We've had people making predestination into everything. And it's got into what I call heavy sovereignty or over uh, teaching on the sovereignty of God. I know God is sovereign. The Bible tells us he's sovereign, but there's many things too that God does not do in sovereignty. First of all, God created the plan of salvation in sovereignty. I mean, when Jesus came to this earth, he had no help from man. The, the, uh, the virgin birth had no help from man. Jesus being raised and coming into this earth without a sin nature, men could not do that. The fact that he never sinned in his entire lifetime, no one can do that. It took the God man to do so, therefore qualified to be our redeemer. He went to the cross for us. No one else could do that. He died for us because no one else could do it. He was the righteous dying for the unrighteous. He was the holy dying for the unholy. And he took the curse that you and I had and removed it from us. But the reason why he could be raised from the dead after three days and three nights was after three days and three nights, he accomplished redemption for our sins. But because he had none of his own, hell couldn't hold him. Satan couldn't hold him. As long as he was there paying for our sins, which was three days and three nights, then he was raised from the dead and he raised from the dead and he accomplished what we could not accomplish. In other words, the whole plan of redemption was the sovereignty of God. 
We just stood by and watched. Oh, we can assist Jesus. In fact, they were helpers with him, but he had the plan. He had the power. He had all these things, gave them some of his power. And then of course, Jesus Christ was here for 40 days and 40 nights, showing himself to the disciples. And then he ascended into heaven in Acts chapter one, sat down at the right hand of the father. And the moment he sat down at the right hand of the father, God's sovereignty went into second gear. First gear was him totally handling everything. But when Jesus Christ sat down at the right hand of the father, now salvation is our sovereignty. Let me, let me qualify that because what I'm saying is God through sovereignty planned the plan of redemption and accomplished it, but he can't force us to take it. It's our will. He brought salvation by his will, we accept it by our will because there is a sovereignty to man. You don't go to heaven by the sovereignty of God. You go to heaven because you chose to do so. You don't go to hell by the sovereignty of God. No, you chose to go there. It simply comes back to this. God sovereignly made the plan. We sovereignly choose to receive it. And after we choose to receive it, then God's sovereignty takes over again with us because he keeps us. I don't keep myself. I listen, I got born again. I know he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So he died for me through his plan. I had nothing to do with it. But when he sat down at the right hand of the father, now it's up to me to receive it. Once I receive it, then it goes back to God's keeping power and I have received him and he's the one who keeps me until that day. So we now see a working together of God's power and us together, but there's gonna come a day when the sovereignty of God will take over again. And it starts with the rapture of the church. God said to Jesus, sit down after Jesus did all these things, standing up in the earth, walking, talking, healing, all the different things he did, dying for us. He went to heaven and sat down, not because he was tired. He sat down at the right hand of the Father for the same reason that God sat down on the seventh day after creation. And God didn't sit down because he was tired. God sat down because everything was through. Why did Jesus sit at the right hand of the Father? Because everything was done. And when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, then the Father said to him, sit at my right hand until... I make your enemies your footstool. That will start at the rapture of the church. When the rapture of the church comes and Jesus stands back up, Katie bar the door, God's about to unleash things that we never could in this earth. End times are under the hand of the sovereignty of God, but we're not there yet. We can see him coming. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, we're in those beginning times right now so strongly, you'd have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to realize we are moving into the end times. And the whole point of it is it's not left in Bob's hands or Bill's hands or Mary's hands or any pastor, any evangelist, any teacher or prophet. None of us have that control, but we can prophesy what's coming. We can preach what's coming. We can teach what's coming from the word of God. And one day the trumpet will sound it because, because Jesus stood back up. He's the alpha and the omega. Alpha is the sovereignty of God. Omega is the sovereignty of God. We fill in the blanks between. We are the beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, right on down. And right now I believe we're living in psi. Psi is the next to the last letter of the alphabet. The next letter is omega. And Jesus who began the good work will complete it. And the sovereignty of God, which brought in salvation is the sovereignty of God, which is gonna tame this entire earth. He's gonna, he's going to uh, come during the time of the tribulation. He's going to save people during that time. But at the end of the tribulation, it's all the sovereignty of God. And we're going to see Jesus Christ coming back as lightning from the east to the west, settling all the world's problems and establishing his kingdom on this earth. It's very close. 
I want to bring out something here. The sovereignty of God has been given to us, but the things we receive as far as salvation, walking with Jesus, that comes back to the fact that God foreknew us. I simply want to bring this out. Salvation on our part, receiving Jesus is not part of the sovereignty of God. He doesn't make me receive him. It's not a fact I have no choice in the matter. His choice was to send Jesus to live, to die, to go to the cross, be resurrected and ascend into heaven. Now, my choice is to receive him. But God is not ignorant of my choice. He knew my choice before the foundation of the world. Therefore, understand something. Predestination is not part of God's sovereignty. Predestination is what God has planned for me based on his knowledge of my choice. When I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I fulfill something he knew before the foundation of the world. When somebody rejects Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's something God knew before the foundation of the world. But God didn't make them reject and didn't make me accept. It all comes down to will. Whosoever will may come. And God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I was saved when I was five years old. Whom God foreknew, Bob, God foreknew and then predestined me to be conformed to the image of his son. But he knew that because he saw there's a day I would accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that happened at five years old. At five years old, I was in vacation Bible school. I accepted Jesus during that week. Knelt down at the front at at an altar because our church had altars. The pastor's wife was there beside me and led me to Jesus. I received Jesus as my savior and God didn't suddenly scramble to make a plan for my life. He just simply waited for me to do my part. He had it all in storage waiting on me and he knew there'd be a time I would receive me. And the moment I received him, he gave me eternal life, put a call into my life, all these different things. And my life has been discovering what God put there all the time, but I was the one who chose to accept it. And this is where we come back to it. Again, me getting saved was not God forcing me to get saved. Me getting saved was my choice to get saved. And and God's choice came back into it to pour out all of his blessings on me. This is such good stuff. I'll see you when we come back from the break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation, and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. 
Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Well, welcome back. You know, not only is this teaching I'm giving to you right now from my book on Romans, but I have a book called Theology Simplified, and I take up predestination in here. I take up God's foreknowledge. I take up a lot of hard words that we think today are really complicated. And like it says here, Theology Simplified simply means it's easy to understand. This is not rocket science. Once you understand what the Word of God has to say, you go, oh, that's it? I've complicated this whole thing. God never complicates it. We complicate it. And so once you find out God's Word, you'll understand it. That's why it's called Theology Simplified. So not only do I want you to get my book on Romans, I'd love for you to get this book also. This is one I use in Bible schools a lot and uh, teach the students on the theologies of God. There's eight of them in here. It'll help you understand it. So you can order that too when you order the book on Romans. So what are we talking? about Romans chapter 8, verse 29, whom he did foreknow. Let's bring it back to me. Bob, whom he did foreknow. What did he know ahead of time? He knew that I would receive Jesus as Savior. He knew I would hear the gospel. He knew at five years old, I would bow down at an altar, that the pastor's wife would lead me to Jesus. I would be born again. And at that point, God didn't suddenly scramble to get together a plan. No, it says whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. Both of these are past tense. He foreknew me before the foundation whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. God has a plan for me. Just like he foreknew I would receive Jesus and had salvation waiting on me, but it was my choice. He planned salvation, created salvation out of his sovereignty, but he doesn't force it down my throat. It's my sovereignty that receives it. Once I receive it, then his sovereignty takes over again and he keeps me. And so I don't keep myself. No, God keeps me. And he has again decided to keep me up until that day. That day is the day I stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So whom he did foreknow, that's Bob. He also predestined, has a plan for me. Again, to foreknow means to know ahead of time, but to predestinate means to design a plan ahead of time. And so he predesigned a plan and predesigned a calling for me. And what is God's plan for me? He predesigned before the foundation of the world, not only to be saved, to be conformed to the image of his son, that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren. But what happened with Jesus? Even the sovereignty of God, Jesus had a choice to go to the cross and a choice not to go to the cross. It was out of my hands, but in his hands. And so again, even listen, the night before Jesus went to the cross and when he was betrayed, he was praying. And listen, the closest he came to giving up the whole thing was he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Even in that time, he's simply saying, I, I really don't want to go to the cross. I take my natural feelings. I don't want to go to the cross, but I know the plan we've had since the foundation of the world. I'm going to do this and I'm going to let your will be done. And so he did that. He went to the cross and died for us. But then God has a plan for me also that just as Jesus Christ came into this earth and matured, grew up in the things of God, he has a plan for me to do that too. He has a plan for me to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ 
Christ and that Jesus Christ might be the firstborn among many brethren. And I accepted Jesus as my will. I heard the gospel, faith arose me. I acted on that faith, accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And everything God had planned for me before the foundation of the world suddenly kicked into gear on that day. Foreknowledge is the foundation for predestination. I want you to notice this. We often want to say, let's study predestination. No, there's a foundation under it. Don't take this brick called predestination and forget something. It's built on a foundation. That foundation is the foreknowledge of God. That's found here in this verse, verse 29. But election also is according to God's foreknowledge. First Peter chapter one and verse two says we are elect according to his foreknowledge. Foreknowledge is the foundation for predestination and election. The difference between that those two is this. Predestination is God's plan for me. Election was God's choice of me. But God chose me because I would choose him. He didn't choose me and I had no choice in it. No, I had a choice. And because of my choice, God says, fine, I choose him. And he chose me for so much. He gave me a calling. He gave me a ministry. He gave me a church. He gave me my teaching abilities. He's given me all these things. It's all part of God's plan. He sovereignly did that before the foundation of the world for me, had all these things planned for him, but it was waiting on one thing, my choice to receive it. And once that happened, God didn't have to shift into gear and make up stuff. No, it was already there. Again, I simply tell you, this is how the word of God's laid out. Let me just give you some examples. What about uh, end time events? Do you believe there's going to be, and, and probably is right now, an antichrist in this world? I do. I believe Antichrist is here. You say, well, how in the world do you know? You ever seen him? No, but God prophesied. Well, how did you know God's word is true? Is because God sees the future. And the thing of the point it is now, every bit of prophecy at one time or another was future. And yet many of them have passed and God has kept his word on every single one. The promised land, Egypt, uh, Abraham, Moses, all those things he prophesied would come to pass did. And there's still more yet to come. And as surely as God has kept his word on every promise, every prophecy he has given, he will fulfill the ones yet to come. Here's the point. God knew they were coming ahead of time. God knew Israel would reject him and end up in uh, in 400 years in slavery in Egypt. He knew that they would repent. Then they would go through the wilderness. He knew the first generation would die off. The second generation would go in. He knew about the promised land. He knew about the 12 tribes of Israel. All those things prophesied them ahead of time. And guess what? He prophesied them and they came to pass. His prophecy didn't make them come to pass. His prophecy knew they were going to this have this and he made a plan. Every problem that God sees we face, he has made a way of escape. And listen, I mean, you might think, well, you know, God has plan A. What if I fumble plan A? He has plan B. What if I, what if I screw up plan B? He has plan C. Well, what if I mess that one up? He has plan D. Well, what if I run out of alphabet? Then God will come back to double A. God has more answers than you have problems. God has more remedies than you have problems. God will turn everything around. And you cannot sin more than God has answers for. And I don't care if you've been a Christian for a number of years and spent the last year or two in sin. I do care. I'm simply saying God has a way to bring you back. He brought back David after a year of sin and getting a woman pregnant and killing her husband and lusting after her and bringing her into house and all those different things. And God forgave him the moment that David said to the prophet Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. When Nathan told him what he had done and only God could have known that because everything that he and Bathsheba did was behind closed doors. But God told him what he had done. And the moment he did, he said, I have sinned against the Lord. And the next thing out of the prophet's mouth was, your sins are forgiven. How about that? A whole year's 
just like that, forgiven. Now, David had some, you know, realigning uh, of his life to do. He had some things to get back in line because the way he had thrown his life off course, he had to get back on course, but God forgave him instantly. The point of it is God knew David was gonna mess up, but God had a plan for him and David went on to be a better king than he'd ever been before. So predestination rests on the foundation of God's omniscience. The omniscience simply means God's plan represents is on the on the foundation of the fact that he knows all. Understand this. The greatest power you can have is not omnipotence. In other words, muscles, power. God is omnipotent, true, but that is not his greatest strength. The greatest strength you can have is not to have great physical strength, but to know everything. What if you could know every plan that man would have? What if you never knew every cause and effect of every decision ever made? You would be the most powerful being in the universe. Welcome to God. His power rests on the fact that he is omniscient. And by omniscience, I mean, this is his foreknowledge, again, whom the Lord did foreknow. He did predestine, has a plan for them. Again, to be conformed into the image of his son. We could say whom God knew ahead of time would receive him, he predesigned a plan for their life. God's predestination is only for believers, not unbelievers. Although he knows a person's not gonna receive him as Lord and Savior, he doesn't make a plan for them because he knows what they're gonna do, but it still comes back to their choice. I choose for Jesus and God had a plan for me. Someone chooses not to receive Jesus, although God gives them every opportunity to do so, they die, end up going to hell. They go there because they sentence themselves to hell. They did not go back on God's plan. So God predestination, his predestination plan is only for believers, not unbelievers. For those he knows that will accept him, not for those that will reject him. Predestination is not just to be born again, but to be changed in every way to the image of Jesus Christ. This means God's purpose for us in life is to grow up and be like Jesus in every area of our life. As disciples, not just converts, eventually have a resurrection body, just like Jesus. God has one plan for me. I don't have it yet, but I'm going to. Jesus became the firstborn in God's family among many who would be born again later. Again, just as Jesus went to the cross and accepted what God had for him, I went to an altar and accepted what God had for me. Just as Jesus voluntarily accepted the plan of God, and that's how he entered into being a son of God in his physical body, I'm doing the same thing. And the moment I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I become the billionth, millionth, billionth, whatever born. After Jesus, he became the first begotten, and I'm way down the line after that. Three things in Israel were the rights of the firstborn in the family. Number one was rulership. Number two is priesthood, and number three is the double portion. And Jesus, because he was the firstborn in the family as a human being, received rulership over the church. Priesthood for all Christians on the earth. We as priests go straight to our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ received the double portion of which we also received the double portion over anybody that ever existed and lived in the Old Testament. Why? Because we live on this side of the cross of Jesus Christ. We become joint heirs with Jesus. That's equal heirs with Jesus and with Christ and share all these rights with him. Why am I saying that? Because you have nothing to claim of your own. I'm a child of God. You know why? Because you are in the child of God. Well, I have, look, I have all these wonderful things. My inheritance is there. Yet that's because Jesus Christ is the heir of all things. You're in him, so you share your inheritance. You have nothing of your own. 
Everything you own is because you share it with Jesus. I have eternal life. That's because you're in the one who first got eternal life as a human being. And now that you're in Christ, you have eternal life and you may die physically in this earth, but you're gonna live forever in heaven with God. So that's the point of it. We are also again a priest. How come I'm a priest? Because I am in the high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. And because he's the high priest, I now have a priesthood. And when I go to heaven to confess my sins or have a prayer or to praise him, worship him, walk into his presence, I can do so because the one sitting beside God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have a double portion too. The double portion was for the firstborn, Jesus Christ. I share in his double portion because I am in him. Therefore, again, he became the firstborn among many brethren. And I am one of those many brethren that he is one, the head of, the firstborn of. And so when we come back, that'll be tomorrow. We will take up the next part of this. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. I'd love to teach this right now, but we're gonna have to do it on the next broadcast. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.